You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to episode 73 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. As always, I'm glad you're joining us again for these 30 minutes of discussing the biblical narrative. And as always, and hopefully I get to say that a lot more often, as always, joining me uh, joining me is Matt and Nathan Van Horn. I love how you say as always, but it's really just as most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> as best as yeah. we can manage. Yes. So... It's a, a little inconsistent, but I tell you what isn't inconsistent. There it is. Uh, it's it's uh, Abram's covenant with God. There oh, it is. Oh man, <laughs> already moving in for the segue there. Yeah, but uh, you know what else? You know what else is almost as consistent, and that's a new episode of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast every Tuesday morning, which you would know if you were one of the ninety-one percent who is subscribed to our podcast. We, we learned today, looking at our analytics, that almost everyone who is listening to the podcast is indeed subscribed. But if you're one of those 9%, then just know that you, you, know, you need to get with the program and click like, subscribe, the plus mark, whatever that looks like on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever third-party platform you're listening on. Make sure that we can get that number from 91% to 100%. And you can receive a notification every Tuesday morning when there's a new episode of the podcast. And that's not just for you. That also helps others and the algorithm let everyone know that this is worthwhile content. Don't you love how you like you need to get with the program as opposed to, hey, we would love to have you be a part of this group. There it is. Yeah. Uh, by <laughs> the way, the program. I, they, they've shifted some of the analytics that we can see. It is funny that the analytics, uh, you know, essentially tell us this percentage of your listeners will stick with you for 20 minutes. I don't know that I want to see that for sermons. Um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, oh, I can see that for First Baptist. I keep that. That's a secret sauce. I keep that on lockdown. <laughs> if, oh if, man, if, if it's Matt, not just if, you, man. I look out every Sunday. I, I, that's there are right. People that yeah, close their need, eyes every week, and I don't I, blame them. I don't that's need fine. the. I don't need the computer to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's dude. It, I, I'm not offended, man. I'm not offended. Just man, the, some of the sweetest sleep you'll ever get is in church. <laughs> well, speaking of sleep, that's right. Yeah. Oh, hey, let, let me interject something real quick. I just want to say thank you again for all the feedback. I think this week we've gotten more feedback than we have gotten in a long time. Like we, yeah, I, I, and it's absolutely, and we had been getting a lot, so it's a significant uptick. Thank you for liking and sharing the podcast, and also thank you for the encouragement and the ideas that you all have sent us in Better Than Fiction BiblePodcast.com and leaving us some comments. And uh, anyway, it's just some some encouraging stuff. Well, we better we, we better get we better get to it though. Some of these people are only listening for twenty minutes. <laughs> according, according to our analytics, yeah. right. we better get the point and, in quick. And, and last week we didn't even. I was talking to someone last night at uh, Wednesday night Bible study, 
And uh, they asked about the episode, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. We didn't actually start talking about anything until about 17 minutes in. So <laughs> so we'll do better this week. Here we go. Okay, so since I've been, like, uh, laid up and on drugs and all those things, like, on the, like, prescribed kind of drugs type stuff. In fact, I just took some, so I may be a, just a little off. Gandalf, but- I'm going to need you to edit that out of context. Um <laughs> Folks, you're in for a great show. This <laughs> That's right. I'm Clint, going to volunteer deleted. to read. I'm going to volunteer to read uh, since it's been a while for me. So we're going to talk today. Uh, I'm not. I'm not even going to give it away. I'm just going to read the scripture first, and we're going to talk about what this episode is called. All right. So here we go. As always, reading from the ESV, and if you're following along, you can read with us in Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 12 and following. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions." As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, The Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I will give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cabanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. That's chapter 15. Can I, can I tell you that a small part of me that needs to repent was thinking to myself, let's see how Matt reads these nation names while he's on medication. <laughs> but he nailed it. That's yeah, I, I know that's been the subject of a lot of, you know, that pressure shouldn't have been on her and all that stuff. But that's what you just pulled off. Whether or not the pressure should have been on you, you just totally nailed it. So, <laughs> Gold medal, Matt. Gold medal. Oh. Uh, I, I gotta say this. This is like a harrowing night for Abram. There, there Man, is that like, is a good it, word for this. Like I, I was going to say traumatic, but it's not. That's it's the wrong word. It's it's a harrowing night. There is such an emotional like whiplash that is happening right now because it's like yeah. he says uh, he's like Abram. Oh, you're going to have this great nation. Now they're going to be sojourners in a land and be afflicted for 400 years, but afterwards. Oh, they're going to be high on the hog. Well, can I can I just that, say that this is this is one of those passages. As I've studied it, it has amazed me that this passage is not more popular to teach and preach and explore because this is not a passage. I don't I don't know. At least in my experience, this is not a passage that you come across a lot in sermon material. Mm-hmm. Is that just me? No, no, I, I think I, you're right. I, I just I want to say, say um, in, in the, the pre-conversation. Conversation, we're not going to work through all of this in one week. And <laughs> shocker, <laughs> we're going to take our time and, you know, Genesis 15. 
but there's some stuff here that we're not going to be able to deal with, such as the 400 years. We're kind of going to skip over all of that stuff. and Just today, for today. For today, yeah. yeah. We're going to come back next week and the following weeks and deal with the stuff that we've left out. But today we're going to be drawing the dots, connecting the dots between other parts of Genesis and more importantly, the Exodus. And, and one beyond. Primary dot, and beyond. Yeah. Oh, very true. One primary dot that I want us to see, and I think it will, it will start the conversation, is drawing the dot to what we talked about last week. And that was the cutting of the animals in half. And that's how covenants were made. And that the animals being slaughtered reminded the covenant makers that this is a big deal. This comes at a high price. And as Nathan told us last week, it's reminding those within the covenant that they are essentially saying, may I become like these animals if I do not hold up my end of the covenant? Well, if you look at verse 18, now we read from the ESV, but in verse number 18, it says, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. And this is now a that, literal and this is a literal translation. Yeah, this is a literal translation, but anyway, I Gandalf because we talked about it. Do you remember the word, the Hebrew word we were talking about beforehand? It sounds like karate. Yeah. Do you remember? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. Depending on All how right. you pronounce your Hebrew, it's either karat or karath. But right. it, it, when you're learning Hebrew, you just remember karat for cut because it sounds like karate. So the literally, more you know, literally, it says <laughs> on that day, the Lord cut a covenant. Quite, Abraham. quite literally. Yeah. Yes. Because of all that, because covenant. of all the animal parts. So, <laughs> you know what this like reminds me of, like the, the saying, like cutting a deal. Yeah. Cutting a deal. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder what the... Uh, What's what's the etymology of cutting the deal? Does it go back to this? Let me Google that. I, I, yeah, let me. Let me I, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm racing Gandalf to Google something. He's <laughs> he's got it before the sentence is completed. Uh, so origins of cutting a okay, deal. Okay, I, I've got Nathan's got some. Nathan, you may get something. I've I've got something. Mine says it goes uh, back to Genesis 15. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm on <laughs> StackExchange.com, which I I'm going to 100% trust Stack Exchange. And yeah, it's, it says it comes from the ancient ritual of cutting animals in half when making an agreement. There's a good example of it happening in the Bible when God makes a covenant with Abraham in Genesis 11. Just as fifteen. Oh, so. dude, that stay—that is so politically incorrect. To stay cutting a deal if it's based on <laughs> the, the slaughter of animals. But uh, I, okay, and, and I want to reiterate that no animals were harmed in the, yeah, of this podcast. Right. Okay, so it needed to be said. Okay, that's you know what this makes only... me think about, though. Just to be honest, if we're talking about cutting a deal. Are y'all thinking what I'm thinking? I know, I know exactly what you're what thinking. Matt, I'm going to make, Matt, you, Matt, make you say it. <laughs> Matt, you're on medication. I never know what you're thinking. Go ahead. <laughs> Dude, I'm thinking about the art of the deal. The art of the deal. Yeah. Have, have you read the I've never read the art of the deal. I've read, I've read segments of it. But segments. I do know the premise of the art of the deal. Okay. Enlighten me. The premise of the art of the deal is that in your negotiations, you push far beyond what you want in your demands so that you can negotiate back to the, the center 
where you're actually wanting to land. So you overvalue your position, undervalue, you know, the other party's position to try to somehow land in the middle with what you want to do. So that that your compromise is what you wanted to get accomplished all along. That's right. And and by the way, that that is not original to our former president because it reminds me of Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 14, which says this. And if you look in the New International Version, it says this. It's no good. It's no good, says the buyer, then goes off and boasts about the purchase. Of course he does. Of course. Yeah, it's 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 all. Was that like was that like an epigraph written in the book or? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Art of the deal came from Proverbs, man. I'm sorry. It's it's there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. It is, it is the way human beings deal with each other. We overpromise. Yeah, but it's not overvalue. Not uh, underpromise, undervalue in order to achieve and play each other to get what we actually want. But it's not the Mm -hmm. way God deals with humans. That's it. Um, Amen to that. And can I just we say, cut a you, deal? We cut a deal and we cut each other. God cuts a deal. Oh, <laughs> leading to the gospel and he cuts himself. But that's it. I mean, no, but that's it. Oh uh, man. But before we get before we go that far, uh, I, I do want to hit a, a couple of things. Please. N- uh, number one, um, the language of cutting. You, I, I had never honestly considered this, and I'm supposed to be the language guy. Uh, you pointed out before we recorded that we haven't seen the language of God cutting anything uh, or anything being cut since Genesis 9. This ties us back to the flood because as part of the covenant with Noah, God, you know, the rainbow signifies that uh, humanity or life would never be cut off by the waters. And now we have a, a, a you know, a, a picture with cutting, at, but it's a fire scene, not a water scene. So that's interesting. Um, I also think it's we say it so often because it needs to be said so often. Uh, reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus, uh, whether that's the coming out of Egypt or entering into the land, you have so much language that should remind you of the Exodus. Number one, the the allusion to those who would be slaves in Egypt and be set free, right? Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty explicit. But also, but Nathan, hold on, start even earlier, verse that, number twelve. That's exactly where I was going. Yeah. Okay. So because so, you yeah. had said this beforehand, this is important. Yeah. So in uh, in in verse twelve, you hear about the dreadful and great darkness that fell upon Abraham, and then later you read about this smoking fire pot. That should call to mind probably two things. Number one, God's presence coming down on Mount Sinai, right? Um, uh, if you read, uh, Exodus, uh, 19, especially the latter, uh, part of that chapter, this is the exact language that is used for God's presence on Mount Sinai, but God also doesn't stay on Mount Sinai, right? It comes down the mountain in Exodus 40 and he travels with his people. And what is the, what is the visual for God's presence with his people in the wilderness? Gandalf, you know that. Well, it's, uh, it's, a. It's a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, right? Yeah, so essentially smoke and fire. Bo- smoke which, and fire. Yeah, which both of those things appear here. Yeah, and so um, so this this is this is huge. Uh, this is a loaded passage for reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. Um, and, and again, I, I do think it's interesting. He's he's making promises here to uh, Abram that are, you know, multiple points of fulfillment. But some of these are coming to a real sense of fruition 
during the days of Moses. Um, and that's that's significant for a lot of reasons, especially the way that the chapter ends. Okay, so I'm seeing down here all this talk about cutting a deal and, you know, where we get that where we get that imagery from. Uh, verse 17, it talks about the the smoking, the smoke, right? The fire pot and the flaming torch. There's the fire passing in the through the pieces. And obviously that's that's God, right? Passing through the pieces of the covenant. At, n- at no point here do I see Abram passing through the pieces, even though that's what the custom was, right? Yeah, so. either that or I did a really bad job explaining that, right? Um, which, <laughs> that's a good catch, Gandalf. Which has happened before. No, that's a major catch. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. The only one who passes through the pieces in this covenant is God, and so, I mean, let's unpack that. If, if, you, if you have the sacrifice laid in two, with the exception of the birds, I'm guessing you just do a one-to-one correspondence on each side of the path, and both parties are to uh, pass through the pieces to represent this half of the covenant is on me, this half is on you. If I don't live up to my end, may I become like these sacrifices. Gandalf, do that covenant math for me. If only one party passes through the pieces, what does that seem to suggest? It seems like only that party is liable if the covenant is not withheld. This, Ooh, I love it the way you said that. This entire thing is on me. That's it. This entire thing is on God. Um, this is you, so the, oh, you know what this reminds. Well, well, there's tons of dots everywhere. The, Go ahead this, and say what you're going to say, yeah, man, I, and then I'll say. To, to me, this is this is the opposite of what Matt was describing with the art of the deal. The art of the deal, you lead off heavy. God is. God is pledging so much more than Abraham can possibly fathom at at the moment. Mm. Um, and, and there, this reoccurs throughout the scripture. Is that I know we we know that little play on words that all of history is his story, but I like, still love it. That'll still preach in my pulpit. Absolutely, or God, God, God's pulpit that is a trusted. You know what I mean? Amen. Amen to that. So, but all. All of redemption is his. It's his. And it, you know what it reminds me of? I was listening to a talk, or maybe I was reading something. I can't remember what scholar. Maybe it was Tim Mackey. And we're talking about ancient Mesopotamia. There is a There was a practice amongst ancient people groups there that when they would have an agreement with their deity, that two stone tablets would be made and there would be an agreement between the deity and the people. And of course we immediately would think, Oh, well, this is um, like the two stone tablets at Sinai. Well, apparently Israel was not the only people group in ancient Mesopotamia with the two stone tablets. Now, when we think about the two stone tablets, just because of our artwork, we, we see commandments one through five on one tablet and the six through 10 on the other, but the scripture says that the stone tablets were written on both sides. And if it is in keeping as these biblical scholars think with the other ancient Mesopotamian traditions, the tablets would have been identical. Yeah. Well, it and, been- and it doesn't work either way because there's about twice as many words in commandments one through four as there are in commandments six through 10. That, that's true. So our, our depiction, our, our de- I get the point of our depictions, but like logically they don't work. It, so, in this in these ancient Mesopotamian context, what would happen is the two stone tablets 
one stone tablet would be entrusted to the temple of the deity, and the other stone tablet would be entrusted to the leader of the people. And it would be an agreement between... You keep your half, we keep our half. Yeah, the deity keeps his agreement. It's, it's like splitting the pieces. But Gandalf, do you know this? Where did they put the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments? Inside the Ark of the Covenant. How Both many? of them. Both of them. Both yep. tablets go under the mercy seat. This is and, so and, beautiful. Uh, and, and that it makes beautiful. me want to cry, which is really easy to cry right now because and, of these medicines. Well, and, 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 <laughs> and since I can't go an entire episode without appealing to Romans, what does Paul say in uh, Romans 3? Let, fa- fast forward there real quick. Romans 3, 21 through 26. Um. It says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption. There's your language. All of redemption Mm. is his story, right? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a... ESV has uh, propitiation here. Some say expiation. I don't think either of those translations is ideal. Paul says elasterion, literally the place where mercy happens. Matt, if you're a Jewish person, where does mercy happen? At At the mercy seat. seat. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, But God's... But the important part for this episode is God is the one who passes through the pieces. God is the one in Eden who gives them a better covering. God is the mercy seat on top of both copies of the law. So mm. we, we hear law and we think what a mean, stingy, principle in the sky God. No, God's law and holiness highlight the depths of his grace. Uh, he is so much kinder than you think he is. Mm. You can we, we've seen that over and over in over just these first 15 and chapters. Over and over and over again. Um, so that, I mean, that's, that's a very powerful image because, uh, you know, I was talking about this last night at Wednesday night Bible study. This is eventually the God, you know, uh, you, you read about the language of, uh, I don't want to read too much into this, but it, it also feels intentional, uh, about the dreadful great darkness falling upon him. Uh, Nafal has been, uh, an interesting word that's used at several key junctures for divine human relations. Uh, the most immediate place that our minds go is the Nephilim, Nafal, the fallen ones in Genesis 6. And we talked so much about that. Um, but the same will be true about um, about our redemption too, right? This is the God who will not stay in the heavenlies. This is the God who will come it's, down. <laughs> okay, you just had to take it to Genesis 6. Um, Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. In Genesis 6, those that came down, came down to take something from humans. Here in Genesis 15, the one who came down came to give something. Rather than this being at the expense of humans, ultimately, God, through his son Jesus, is going to be the one who is going to become the one who is cut for all of us. Um, this is all on him. This is not God coming to take. This is God coming to give. Mm, That's it. I dig it. And that, man, there's some places I want to take that, but today's not the day for it. Um, <laughs> we do have six minutes, Nathan. You can, you can yeah, throw we, a few in. A lot can happen in six no, minutes. You know what this reminds me of? 
uh, in, a ra- in a roundabout way uh, is Psalm 68. And this may be a terrible uh, example to mention, but Psalm 68 is uh, drawing on that wilderness imagery. We keep saying, you know, uh, reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. Um, uh, so Psalm 68, 7, Oh God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the heavens poured down before God, the one of Sinai before God, the God of Israel. Uh, so you have a lot of you have a lot of that imagery, okay? Um, and you get to um, uh, Psalm 6818. You ascended on high. Here's our mountain imagery, right? Leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. It's interesting because Paul quotes this in Ephesians 4. This is to your Genesis 6 point. Paul quotes this in Ephesians 4, right before Paul talks about spiritual giftings. And Paul plays on some ambiguity that is highly debated in the Hebrew. We don't have time to get into it. But uh, it's easier to see in in Ephesians 4, 8. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and not he took uh, gifts from men. He gave gifts to men. Um, and I, I do, I do like how that ties in with the imagery of what you compared, you know, in Genesis six, heavenly beings came down, but they came down to take something when Mm -hmm. God comes down, whatever he receives from his enemies, he does so that he may give something. This reminds me of a Jesus quote, John 10, 10. That's always helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. John 10, 10, the thief's purpose the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The enemy well, comes to take. take. God comes to give. And not just give, but give us what we were always intended from the beginning to have. This is what he, life abundant is what he's made us for. And again, I, I just love the image, uh, you know, when when they're reading about... Uh, when they're hearing Moses uh, about uh, Abram not passing through the pieces, only God passing through the pieces, what's the most recent sacrifice on their radar? They're thinking about their doors being covered by the blood of the lamb, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love I love the way that this is ultimately pointing forward to Jesus who takes the entirety of God's promises by becoming the entirety by uh, the entire means by which God's promises are fulfilled. He is the sacrifice. He's the God who comes down the mountain to give us himself. Mm. So I love that. That's so, beautiful. That's the gospel. That is the God. And, and no disrespect to our former president, because I've loved every single one of my presidents and I pray for them. Um, this is not a political comment, but the art of the deal is salt of the earth wisdom. But this is a wisdom that comes from above. This is different. And this is the wisdom that has ultimately saved our soul. And I think in the end of the day, this is what we're all longing for. This pure, unadulterated, un, you know, finagled and politicized offering of peace with God. No, I I mean, we, Hmm. I think everyone has made a deal I think of the as seen on TV thing. Everyone has made a deal. Everyone has made an exchange where in the long run, what you paid for, what you paid was not, uh, 
congruent with what you got. Battlefield 2042. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 I'm a nerd. Sorry. So, so much. So, so much. Please pre- edit that out. <laughs> no, you have to leave that in. There's so much. <laughs> So much uh, pre-recording fodder on Battlefield 2042. That's so. That is so great that you said that. That is so great that you said that. Uh, but I mean, everyone, especially Matt with Battlefield 2042, everyone pays something for someone something that does not pay off, right? But if you're That's blessed, correct. you know, if you it, man, maybe it's with your kids, maybe it's marriage. There are a handful of opportunities in this life where you commit to something that ends up being so much more than you could possibly have imagined. And the example par excellence is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the God who passes through the pieces by himself. Um, and also, and I, I talk about this all the time at church, but the covenant only gets more beautiful in hindsight. That's so true. It only gets more beautiful in hindsight. Well, listener, a great deal that you can make with us, and I promise it will be congruent, is to subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bio Podcast. Here's the deal I'm willing to cut with you. <laughs> you hit subscribe, follow, like, whatever that looks like on your platform of choice, and in return, we'll keep providing new episodes every Tuesday morning. And um, Most of the time. It, yeah, um, if we miss here or there, uh, f- fair warning. No, no, no animals were hurt in the making of this okay. covenant. No I, pieces were passed. Through. And I'm just going to go ahead and just so, say it on air. Here's what I'm hoping, because we do not record in the same room. You may not know this, listener. We're in three different locations. But now that Nathan lives closer to Gandalf and myself, and Gandalf has a Tesla, and so the 45-minute drive between us and Nathan is what? How much would it cost? Like five cents for us to drive up I was going to say a nickel. Hey, I, I've, I've calculated. It's, it's about 60 cents or so. Okay. I, I will pay the 60 cents if the good people of First Baptist Corinth will allow us to set up a recording studio somewhere up there. And then we could have a live thing. And I, uh, I, I scouted the facility for possible recording locations today. <laughs> thank, you for my, thank you for my tour, Jackie. Yeah, there you go. All right. So maybe if we could all get together, it would be we could record a lot more. And so we did. We don't have these lapses in recording because of our schedules. Yeah. I'm so, sure that we'll would indeed. I'm sure that would be a productive day where we stayed on task the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you and welcome to our new listeners from from Corinth. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode connecting the dots of the greatest narrative. Until then, you guys have a great week. See you next time. Shalom. I was very close to saying, you know what's not disappointing like Battlefield 2042? The Better Than Fiction Final Podcast.